Hey there, my name is Derek Duvall, and I'm the lead pastor of Awakened City Church in Harriman, Utah, a suburb of Salt Lake City. And I want to thank you for checking us out. Awakened City exists to connect people from all walks of life with the hope that's found in Jesus. And we hope that this message will be a blessing to you. For more information, you can visit awakenslc.com. Well, good morning. Uh, this morning, we are uh, in our second week as we have begun a new series for the summer in Psalms. And so we will be in Psalm chapter 9. So if you have your Bibles, uh, you can open them up to Psalm 9 or your phones, turn them on uh, to Psalm 9. And so in our city, in our nation, we've experienced a lot of unrest. And the past couple weeks and months coming off of, of COVID, and it's not even over. Uh, that's why we have now moved to, to meeting outside. Uh, and then also in the last couple weeks, that uh, unless you've uh, been hiding under a rock, surely you've heard the name George Floyd. Uh, if you haven't, on May 25th, uh, just a few weeks ago, it was reported that Floyd was arrested and detained for using a counterfeit $20 bill at a local store in Minneapolis. And while he was detained, one of the officers whom arrested him held his knee on Floyd's neck for almost nine minutes. And during that time, uh, as people recorded on their cell phones, it's heard at least 15 times he is telling the police officers that he cannot breathe. And then a little over an hour after the incident happened, Floyd is then uh, taken to a hospital and reported dead. And at the center of this controversy is the fact that there's another incident with a white police officer uh, using police brutality on a black man. And the incident has become this catalyst from everything from peaceful protests uh, to riots across the nation, including our own downtown that has been uh, under an 8 p.m. curfew. So then why am I talking about this this morning? Well, like I said a minute ago, we've began a new series in Psalms. And as I've been laying out Psalms and where we're going to go each week, uh, I had Psalm 9 planned for this time. And so as I was looking at it at the beginning of this week, uh, as I read it, I thought, man, this could not be more timely what we are going to uh, look at this morning. So what I want to do as we begin um, is just first to, to read the passage together. Then we'll dig into the text for a moment, and then we'll hopefully see how this applies to our lives and so let me read it, Psalm chapter 9, verses 7 through 12. The psalmist David writes, But the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for justice, and he judges the world with righteousness. He judges the people with uprightness. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Sing praises to the Lord who sits enthroned in Zion. Tell among the peoples his deeds. For he who avenges blood is mindful of them, and he does not forget the cry of the afflicted. Amen. And so over the past week across our nation, we've witnessed everything from peaceful protests to government buildings being set on fire, uh, to stores looted, to property damage, to cop cars flipped and burnt, and even more lives lost. All as a result of the incident that took place on May 25th in Minneapolis. But why? 
Why is all of this happening? What's at the heart of what's going on here? I was reminded by another pastor friend uh, this past week of what's going on is much deeper than what's at the surface, that the actions that have followed speak to a longing in the human heart for justice, for peace, for love and equality. Uh, And the actions that have taken place come from a desire to see our leadership and to see our law enforcement provide protection that is that's deserved to every human life, regardless of age or gender or skin color or ethnicity or wealth or religion or any other factor. And what we have here in this passage, written 3,000 years ago, is something that still applies to the situation that we're in now. And what we see David write in in Psalms chapter 9 can bring peace, can bring comfort to our hearts just as it did to the original hearers and singers of this psalm. And so we we read in verses 9 and 10 that the Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed. He is a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you, David writes. Why? Why would they do that? David says, For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. And so David reminds us in this psalm that God is a stronghold, or other translations use a refuge or shelter for the oppressed and for those in times of trouble. So God cares for his people. He is their protector, and he does not forsake forsake those who seek him. And right now, in the chaos of all that is going on, and in the turmoil that our nation is feeling, We are reminded that there is a God who cares, who protects, and who never forsakes those who seek Him. And as our nation cries out for justice, we find in this same psalm a God who is perfect in His justice. Look at verses 7 and 8 with me. But the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established His throne for justice. And He judges the world with righteousness. He judges the peoples with uprightness. That word translated righteousness here uh, means to judge with accuracy or to be in the right or to be just. And every decision that God makes is accurate, is right, and is just. So David reminds us in verse 7 that this just God reigns on his throne forever. That means that we can place all of our concerns all of our anxieties, all of our worries before Him and trust Him to ultimately deal with them rightly. Because the God who rules and reigns, rules and reigns forever with perfect judgment. And then this passage that we're looking at this morning, it ends with David writing in verse 11, Sing praises to the Lord who sits enthroned in Zion. Tell among the peoples his deeds for, or because he who avenges blood is mindful of them, those who seek him in the oppression and the trouble, he is mindful of them, he does not forget the cry of the afflicted. And we, God's people, can take courage that we serve a God who does not turn a deaf ear to the cries of his children. He doesn't stiff arm us as we come to him. But he hears our cries, he cares for his people, and he executes justice. And he does it in a perfect way. 
Now that's a good place for our minds to, to dwell on and to allow our thoughts to camp on, but I want to take it a step further and take it uh, beyond our heads to think about to our hands to act out. Just, uh, justice should be something that, that we as Christians are increasingly becoming more and more concerned about. Uh, and if you've been a Christian for long, you've probably heard of Micah 6.8, which says, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, and to love kindness or mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And so we ought to listen and apply all of those words. Uh, but the first part of this verse encourages us to do justice or to act justly and to be concerned with justice around us. It means we're concerned for justice, not for our, just for ourselves, but for other people. It means we're concerned for justice, not just in our own personal pet concerns, but in areas that we see lack justice. And one place that we've been made, that's been made blatantly clear uh, is in this area of race. And, and I don't even like using the word race because it insinuates that we are different races. We're all part of the human race, okay? There's one race. And so the issue that we're dealing with is this idea that one uh, skin, one color of skin deserves different treatment, a different judgment, a different set of standards in which to be dealt with than another shade of skin does. And our country, and especially the black community, is crying out for justice and for equality and for fairness, regardless of the color of our skin. And so we, as believers, ought to get this better than anyone else. And we ought to get this better than anyone else because we understand that each of us are image bearers. Each of us are made in the image of God, regardless of the amount of melatonin in our skin. Because that's the only difference. And so many in, our, many in our country are crying foul right now, saying that there's still not equality regardless of the color of the skin. There's, there's still injustice. But the way out of this is not by organizing silent protest or letters to our government officials or law reform, although those can be a means to an end. The way out is for people to see the justice that they're pleading for the peace that they desire, the love that they long for, isn't found in better laws. It isn't found ultimately in people treating others with respect and honor and so on. It's found in pointing them to the one that provides true peace and true love. It's found in, in lifting up our hearts before others and a God and pointing them to a God who is, who is loving and a just judge. One who has offered forgiveness to all. To George Floyd and to the police officers who are involved in this incident. Forgiveness has been offered to you and to me. And we can do our part, and we should, by electing officials and pushing for laws that protect others. But most importantly, we can do our part by loving our neighbors. By taking heed to verses like 11 and 12 in Psalm 9 that we just read, when David said, Sing praises to the Lord who sits enthroned in Zion. Tell among the people his deeds. And verse 12, for he cares for the helpless and he does not ignore the cries of those who suffer. Now, I'm not too naive to think that while I've been uh, preaching, that in some of our hearts are questions like, so then where was, where was God in the day of the death of George Floyd? Or, or maybe that person uh, 
whom I lost that I loved. Where was God then? Did, did he not hear their cries for help? Did, did he abandon or ignore them? Did he just not care? And we don't know all the answers, but we do know that justice will be served and that God cares for his people. And we are reminded that the most unjust action that ever took place was when Jesus was crucified, when he had never wronged a person, he had never had an ill thought about another, who, the one who came to seek and to save the lost, who came to offer hope and joy and love and equality and freedom and justice and peace and life, when he freely gave his life and he was taken and he was beaten and forsaken and hung on a cross and died so that we who rebelled against him, who preferred ourselves over him, who preferred our praise, our glory over his, that we might be forgiven, he gave his life that we might have life. And although we don't know all the answers to what's going on, we know that we serve a just and a good and a right and a perfect God. We serve a God who would stop at nothing for his glory and our good. And we can trust him in the midst of our pain and with our questions and we'll give them to him this morning. And so I want to just end our time this morning spending some time in prayer. So please join me. God, we thank you for the privilege that we have to come before you this morning. That you hear our prayers. That you don't turn a deaf ear to them. You don't ignore them. But God, you hear the prayers of your children and we take comfort and confidence in that. And God, this morning we lift up the family of George Floyd. And God, we pray that you would give them supernatural comfort that they could find only in you. God, we pray for the police officers that were involved in this situation. God, we pray uh, that the justice would be served but God, we also pray for your mercy of repentance in their lives, that as they reflect back on that incident, God, that great horror would fill their hearts to the point to which they realize there's a great weight and there's hopelessness apart from you and that this would be used to turn them toward you, God. Even in their wickedness, we pray for their salvation because we recognize that same wickedness dwells within our own hearts. And we need you just as they need you, God. And so God, we pray that justice would be served, but God, we also ask for your mercy on their lives. God, they would turn and trust in you. God, we pray for our leaders, for the law enforcement, those who uh, enact these laws, God. We pray that you would give them wisdom, the same wisdom that you gave that Solomon tells, tells us about and the judge who was able to determine the mom by saying, we'll divide the child. And the true mom came forth and said, no, just keep the child whole and alive and give it to the other mom. And God, we pray for that same wisdom that you gave Solomon. God, would you give our leadership? God, help us to know how to, to move forward with this. God, how to enact justice, but to also... Uh, uh, enact uh, justice in a way that there is equality, regardless of color of skin. 
And God, we know that it doesn't matter how many riots, doesn't matter how many silent protests, doesn't matter how many reforms that are signed. God, we cannot do what it takes for hearts to be changed. And so God, we come to you and we ask you, we plead with you, would you change hearts? God, would you allow for us to see that we are all made in your image, that all human life, from the unborn to the elderly, from white to black, to strong, to weak, that all are equally made in your image. We are all image bearers and we all deserve justice and equality and protection and love. And that's ultimately found in Jesus. And so God, we pray that we would be a people who point others to you. We pray and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.